Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Two. Hello and welcome to the Youth Hockey Podcast, episode 21. And I think everyone has the same thought in their head right now, which is, what do the Swiss think about the last few topics we have been discussing on the Hockey Podcast? And, and luckily enough, I have an email from uh, Lorenz from Switzerland that he asked me to, you know, just inform the listener that he's been listening, A, and B, he has something to input on the idea of team managers. If you'll remember, we talked about how team managers sometimes can be there uh, in the mix in order to push their son or daughter forward on the team and or have some kind of influence over where the team goes and or keep their kid on a team that they maybe would or would not be on if their mom or dad wasn't the team manager. Uh, all that said, we're back to Switzerland. Everyone hum the, the Swiss uh, national anthem <laughs> in your mind, if you could, while I read this. At age 11, Lorenz uh, had a son, and he was the team manager. And he was playing in a three-day tournament in Geneva. Uh, Geneva, Raleigh, where's that? Switzerland. There we go. Uh, quite a big thing, parents. Uh, uh, huge, assure, you know, like uh, uh, lots of excitement. They were playing two tournaments at the same time, and it was a challenge to assign enough players from their league or from their, their, their team uh, to the top team, having to play uh, with, only, with only three lines. Uh, and so sometimes they had to pull from the younger group. There was a boy, let's call him Little Timmy. He's already fitting in. By the way, he could be a podcaster. Maybe he should have his own. Uh, being a second or third choice because he is neither talented nor willing. <laughs> I got to tell you, this guy sounds like he's a hockey dad. I mean, <laughs> Lorenz, you are you are killing it here on uh, Hockey Podcast. Thank you. Uh, but his dad was always complaining that he's not getting to go to any of the cool tournaments. So what did they do, guys? What do you think they did? Of course, they brought him. They, they brought him. They brought desperate. him. They brought him as a third-line defender even though the starting uh, front runners uh, had more talent. Uh, uh, and willingness. Yes, all those things. They struggled. I, I, I love this. I just got to say that, <laughs> that that should be a t-shirt. Yes. He, was, he was neither capable nor willing. Nor willing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, they do print those t-shirts at, uh, at the actual uh, tournaments. Maybe we should have our own sarcastic one. You know, like my son got no points at this tournament. My son is neither capable nor will, you know, just, just still like, uh, you know, counter-programming. Right. That is awesome. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. They were struggling and getting a beating from a French team. He underlines French and he says French twice, a French team. Three of the four goals happened to be right. while little Timmy was on the ice doing what he usually does. Not much. My <laughs> God, Lorenz, you, oh, wow. He's on fire. He is a fire. Yeah. Uh, back in the locker room, the atmosphere was tense, and the coach, usually an understanding guy and balanced guy, gave them all shit, yelling furiously, red-faced. He says red-headed, but uh, red-headed, I believe, would be more, uh, you know, like he's got red hair. Uh, but, okay, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, uh, the coach, red-headed. Okay, we'll see. Maybe that's maybe something. Maybe different. he meant hot-headed. I thought hot-headed, yeah. In the middle of the coaches, by the way, none of us speak any other languages as well as Lorenz speaks English. I don't think so. So, Lorenz, we're not giving you crap. We're just, you know, uh, we're just trying to smooth out translational difficulty. Um, in the middle of the speech, little Timmy raised his arm, snapping his fingers and said, coach, coach, when do we have cake? <laughs> Get out of priorities. Oh yeah, and it sounds like uh, the eleven U were uh, were in disarray that year. Um, and as the team manager, I'm guessing you know you had to make the choice, and uh, and that's a tough choice to make. By the way, just to remind the audience too, who was the best manager we ever had? 
uh, best manager we ever had, Lance Alexander. Exactly. There's, there's no, there's no question of that. He was the manager for our Pee Wee team, I believe. Exactly. Right. And I am happy to. Uh, I think I we got money back, give, didn't we? Uh, lessons. Yes. Oh, if there was is. a Hall of Fame for uh, team managers. If there was a team manager Hall of Fame, Lance Alexander would definitely be on the short first list. ballot. First ballot, really? Oh my God! Guaranteed. Uh, Raleigh, you are you are you are very kind. Uh, so that that seems to be a, a good uh, good way to start with first ballot Hall of Fame uh, uh, team manager Lance Alexander talking a little bit uh, about. Um, tryouts. Now, I know it doesn't seem like tryouts are on on the quick on the horizon, but um, you know, it's one of those things that I think everyone needs to think about, and uh, we don't think about very much until they come around. And Lance, I think, has a very good philosophy on how to prepare yourself and your kid for the next tryout that they uh, they attend. Uh, and uh, we were, you know, we were talking out of each other, and I think uh, I think he's the best man to listen to on the topic. And so Raleigh has some, you know, I, I'm sure Raleigh, you have some great ideas as well. I just think uh, that um, you know, I'm giving the topic to Lance because uh, he was the uh, tryout master. No, well, I, mean, I hope it. I don't uh, let you down now because I'm trying Never to remember uh, advice I've given you in the past. But my philosophy is no, always... you're talking about your own, you know, yeah. like because uh, this is the he, Lance does not just try out somewhere. Lance has a spreadsheet. I'm almost certain of every possible place that his kids could go. And then he has a set of connections and calls in to different coach. I'll let him explain, but the man is thorough in the way he vets a program, how he gets to the program and what he tells his kids to do when they're there uh, in order to get the position they want to get into. So, well, I mean, I would just say this, I think if I were to summarize my thoughts would be this, I've never gone into a tryout without knowing whether my kid was actually going to make that team that they tried out for. Yeah. Great. That's the secret. You know what I mean? So there's no, there's no guess, no secrets. And I can't tell you how many game or how many tryouts I've attended Randy and, and Dave, where the parents were like hoping and begging and man, I hope Johnny make, I'm like, the, the team's already been selected. If you don't know that by now, um, uh, you know, then that's, that's going to be a big issue. And uh, so how do you do that? You know, how you do it is like Randy said, you talk, you, you know, you kind of feel where are the areas of interest that you might be wanting to play for. You talk to the coaches. But for me, one of the biggest steps was getting those kids in front of those coaches um, with plenty of opportunity for the coaches to to make decisions as to where your kid fits into his program long before tryouts ever start you know and I remember you know when we were trying out for the Kings that was a matter of spending the entire summer going out there and being part of uh, his clinics uh, you know the head coach would, would do these clinics like once a week my kids were there every week and I think I gave it like four or five clinics and then I asked the coach if we could chat for a little bit you know and I asked him you know what are you you know what are your thoughts on my kids how do you think would they fit on this team? Do you think they're good enough to even make the team, um, uh, et cetera? So that, uh, you know, that is is very key, having that communication. And I know- Well, I think it's a good point also that you don't go forward and you say, say, uh, my kids really belong on your team. My kid, you don't go in with the idea that, that you have thoughts on your kids. You ask the coach, what right, are exactly. your thoughts on the kids? Because- uh, no, no coach wants to be backed into a corner. As far as I know, I've never met one. Uh, I've backed a coach before, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can tell you the results have been less than good. Uh, right. but, but I think your approach is much better: is to allow the coach to come forward with his ideas, right, and make his own determinations. And you know, I don't. I personally have never met a coach who who wasn't straight with you. You know, I've had coaches who say, I don't think he's a right fit. And I've had coaches that have said, no, if, if your kid shows up, he's going to make the team. We really like him and value him, you know. And so, like I said, I don't think a coach would tell you to show if there was no interest in, in, the, in the kid. And it, but the secret is making the coach an advocate for your kid. Right. Not only, to, not only that, you know, like, oh, Mr. Mr. Alexander, not only do we want him, you know, this is, right. he is an important part of what we're going to do this year. And if they're thinking all the way forward to the year to think about how important your kid is to right. the year, then you've won. 
Right. And then the other thing that makes it even more important is that like, it's no secret from our past podcasts of the style of play that my kids play. They play a very uh, grindy, uh, physical, uh, aggressive style of play. And you know what? There's coaches out there who don't want that. They want the finesse. You know, they want the high skill. If you could see the way he says the word finesse, uh, Lorenz uh, from Switzerland, it's such a like a European, like finesse. He's got this like ugly look, like, oh, the finesse game. Ralston, uh, you must admit that the, Lance is a brute and he's produced two brute players and he loves it. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, the years of, uh, you know, <clears throat> training them uh, down in the pit. Yeah, exactly. Like Batman. With the uh, like, wild animals and telling them, you know, better if you, if you want to, if you want to play tomorrow, you better come out of there. And that wild boar better be on the floor. You know, people not everybody can do that. People don't know that everybody has a pit. He did adopt triplets. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so uh, I am so kidding. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lance Alexander is a teddy bear. Uh, but the idea that he uh, he is uh, a mauler himself is uh, brings a smile to to the podcast. So uh, please exactly continue. yes. But anyway, so so it's important to have those conversations because there are certain aspects to your child's game that coach some coaches are going to love, and there are certain aspects that some coaches are not going to love. And you need to be finding that coach who's going to covet the things your child brings to the table. I mean, we played for coaches. Who, who actually went so far as to tell my kid, you will not check in this game. You will not throw a body check. You're just going to play it straight up. Uh, and there's other coaches uh, who told him, like, no, that's your game. And we need you to be physical and set the, you know, set the tone for the entire game. So you want to navigate toward coaches who are going to covet the assets of your child. And Were you ever nervous during a tryout? Was there any tryout where you honestly thought, I don't know? Well, the main, the big one was Shattuck. Oh, okay. We went there and- That's and, true. You couldn't do all those things that you're talking about. You couldn't go- um, Right. Okay, please. And uh, yeah, and, and the thing that made it doubly is that I didn't, you know, because I, you know, I don't know who plays for Shattuck and who doesn't, because what happens is that you get this invitation to come out and skate is it like gold and, uh, is it like does it have like like embossed features i mean is it is it like <laughs> is it like your kid is it like like the willy wonka ticket kind of thing or i could only wish it was an email oh damn but i will but the trick is that you so you show up and it's basically your your kids playing like a couple of days of scrimmages and so there's the invitees that they're that they're uh evaluating but then what I didn't realize is that there's actually the players on the team in that age bracket that you're trying out for are actually out there too. And they're all commingled. So I'm watching the games and I don't know who's a player and who's a tryout person. So I remember, like you said, I was very nervous because there were a couple of guys out there who were just eating my kids for lunch. And I was like, Oh God, you know, they're going to take those kids. Cause they only want like three or four kids. I'm like, I was so down and we went to dinner a bunch of the families that were out there, we went to dinner and then I found out that your kid was like two of only four guys on that team trying. I'm like, what? They said, that's like the entire roster of the Shattuck prep team. Oh. And I was like, oh, you're kidding. And I felt good. I'm yeah. like, well, hey, my son they didn't do that. Yeah, there you go. And then they, uh, they, got, the, uh, they got the letter. So uh, I was very nervous. Raleigh, is there any uh, tryout? Uh, uh, lore or anything you can share with people about uh, uh what you believe are the best practices for trying out um i think i think lance has the best general strategy it doesn't always work and it's not always um feasible for people because i, I do think there's a lot of people who geographically they have one or maybe two options and that's all they have um so it's a problem, but but I, I do think that the earlier you get there, the better, um, because you know to your point, like uh, I mean, you you went and did and did it early enough that you were able to get the feedback to kind of know where you were at, um, and 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 again, depending on the club, depending on the program, it's not always easy to know. I mean, in some of these uh, some of these clubs you don't even know who's going to be coaching what team sometimes until a couple of months before it starts. 
And then, you know, especially at the, some of the uh, bigger name clubs that we know here in LA, um, it's been, it's been the case that it's like, uh, well, who is the coach going to be the coach of that team? And it seems like within the club that, that, that information is disseminated more, more easily, but uh, outside of it, sometimes you can't even find out. And, uh, but you know, it, you, you got to kind of try if, if you're aiming for that, especially if you're aiming for your kid to move like from one level to another. Um, but even, but, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, the, the other side of that though, is, I mean, I know plenty of people where their kid just showed up at a tryout and, uh, and, you know, made it. I also know people that went to one tryout kind of had all, you know, all their eggs, eggs in one basket, uh, were planning to, or very much hoping to be on one team, didn't get selected, had to go to another tryout. You know, there's that whole, that whole thing. So, um, I, I mean, I try not to look down on people, but I, I mean, I think you, you provided good advice. You, you can't like, if, if you're naive or, uh, or inexperienced is probably more likely if you're inexperienced in, in, in the youth hockey world, um, you know, this, this is the way to do it is to go have, you know, have your kid do some skates in the summer, uh, audition the summer, the spring, what it which, whichever it is. Uh, before tryouts, hopefully, uh, and and then you know get it, get a good beat on what the coach that's going to be hopefully coaching whatever team you're talking about is thinks of your kid sooner than later because it's it's never uh, fun to find out that you were never really under consideration, and then you got to have a you know a plan B, and at the end of the day you got to I mean to the kid the the also the I, the reality is your kids have to go into it with the, you know, I think, I think the problem, uh, honestly, Lance, is that your sons have had a certain trajectory that not uh, not everybody has. There's plenty of people who their kids are more middling, and maybe and they just don't really don't know, or and and maybe they also don't know, you know, what the coach thinks or what the coach's values are. They also might not know that hey, you know what, um, uh, there there was a, a whole deal made where there's a team here. And the assistant coach that's been signed to be the assistant coach was at this other club and he's bringing over five, six kids with him. And that, you know, there's no spots. You think there's spots, but there's not. Um, we also have these, these rules in California for the tier play where um, you have a team has to have a certain number of players from the year before. Uh, but, you know, outside of that threshold, coaches are, you know, are capable. The threshold is really low. I think it's 25%. Um, so you, you can easily, a coach can easily turn over a large number of players on a team and, uh, and you might just find you're, you're on the outside of that. So you, you know, uh, the mo most important thing is that, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world for your kid to not make a team. Sometimes it's a, it's a, a motivator. And sometimes it's better that they didn't make it. Maybe there's I was about another to say, team. sometimes I think it's a blessing, Raleigh. I mean, every yeah. once in a while I will look in on a team that, uh, that, uh, everybody wanted to be on um and i'll look at it like halfway through the season they'll be like oh my god that team is not the team to be on at all or or i mean sometimes it, it was the team to be on but you know you find out like that they're you're, doing you're nazi the last person the, in. Uh, that they're doing uh nazi symbols in the locker room no. Alex? <laughs> yeah we could talk about, well there's a whole thing there uh, yeah there's a whole thing interesting yeah just it. just so y'all know i'm not just picking pulling that out of my ass there was a uh, Kings team that got uh, um, um, suspended basically after the season uh, for having uh, uh, some kind of, I, I still don't know exactly what it was, but it was some people. There were some shenanigans and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, they shenanigans, made, they, Nazi, uh, not, okay, shenanigans. I think that's more than ballyhoo at the point when you have Nazis involved. I don't, I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard. Uh, oh, so it's less than I thought. I've heard from people who've seen the videos and everything, and I heard the whole story behind it. I mean, I mean, it, I think okay. it was it was less. I, I honestly don't believe that 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 particular thing was, uh, you know, was uh, on the face of it what you might think it would be based oh, so on the softest Nazi uh, uh, kind of symbols <laughs> possible. So you say I, I think it was just more. Yeah. Or, or what are we talking about? Just no, so I, no, I, I just mean that, that there was a variety of kids involved and I don't think that it was really uh, intended to be taken as a strictly, you know, anti-Semitic thing, especially since the kids that they were aiming it towards, I don't believe had any 
kids that were actually Jewish on the team. But I mean, it doesn't excuse it. And it also shows like how important um, it is to, uh, for, you know, to have your kids be educated that like there's very little good that can good that can come from social media. I thought you were going to say being educated not to go to the Kings. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if we should bring this up, but, uh, you know, um, okay, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to say since it's topical, um, I've heard that there's a team that uh, I'm not going to say what uh, club it is, <laughs> but based on what we've been talking about, one could infer, but there's a, a, a team that, uh, um, very well might be disbanding for this season. And uh, I, I just want to say, um, I don't, I, I don't take any kind of pleasure in this hearing about it. Um, the coach, uh, from what I heard, they have, a, they have had a coach, I guess now had, that coach has resigned and it leaves the team in limbo. And uh, it's, um, you know, to me, it's, it's sad for, all the kids that that are all in on that team and uh, what age level are we talking about here, Raleigh? I mean, uh, are... We're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, a team that that your uh, son has played against this year. Oh my God! That, yeah, well, that uh, is, is known that to all silver and black. And uh, yeah, I haven't heard that. I have oh, you haven't heard that? Okay. Well, I heard yeah. there was turbulence. Just so you know, I heard there was turbulence on the team, uh, and I was thinking of that team by the way because my kid did not try out for it, but a bunch of the kids did. And then I heard later, it probably wasn't too bad that they didn't go. Uh, so it is interesting you'd say that because what I was saying earlier in the program was there are times when you don't get on a team and it's a blessing. Right. I was thinking of that team because a couple of the kids that are on the rain team did not go to, to that team uh, because they right. didn't make it. And I was like, it, it, it does sound like uh, it's a bit of a, that sounds like a bit of a dumpster fire that if, if that's the case. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, you, you know, you guys have played them. So, you, you know, uh, you know, it's, they're competitive uh, with, oh, with yeah. other teams. And, um, and, and since we, we do know, you know, we know um, some families and some kids that are on that team. Uh, I, I just want to say to uh, any of them, <laughs> if you're listening or just, you know, I. Nobody it, listens to this podcast, really. Yeah, you're well, fine. I don't know. I, I just I, like, it, it makes me feel bad, but, but I, but then also part of me is kind of like, well, if this is true, I just, it, to me, I don't understand why. I don't understand why with less than half of season left, you would pull up the stakes. Now, again, this is all scuttlebutt and, uh, and rumor and uh, stuff that I heard uh, from someone who, you know, uh, it is usually pretty reliable with this information. And, and uh, I'd heard that the team was actually going to take a vote. And, uh, and I, I, I can, you know, I'm, I doubt this will get back to any of them, but I would just say, you know me. Uh, and if, if I was there in that room and there was a vote about, okay, our coaches quit, what do we do? Do we, do we hang it up for the season? I, I would be first one in there saying, absolutely not. And I don't care if the whole team quits, if we can have six players, you know, if, if there's any way my kid will be there for the, if we have to lose, you know, 20 to nothing every game from now on, because you just don't, you just don't quit on a right. season. You don't pull up the stakes from a team. Uh, and I, you know, again, I, the, the coach might have had, might have reasons that we don't know about that, you know, there, there are all sorts of reasons that he might have resigned. I don't want to say, because I know nothing about it. I just, I'd heard that he did resign. And, and then I heard that they were going to, uh, you know, vote about whether or not they were going to, um, you know, continue the season. I hope, I hope well, there is did. a teachable moment in there, Raleigh, that there is turbulent, you know, people think that once they get on a team, we are talking about tryouts, right? right? So everybody thinks once they get on a team that everything's pretty smooth sailing. And I think uh, what you're, what you're saying here is, is honestly a good lesson for those people who are out there thinking, you know, you're done once you're in a team. There are times during a season when you're still not. I mean, that team could disband. That team, you know, there are there are very few guarantees, even at the top levels of hockey, that everything's going to be fine. Uh, I, I think uh, there were some Canadian teams uh, last year uh, in the BCHL that wanted to play down in an American team. That American team folded. Uh, you know, you might have gotten on a really good team. Uh, what was it, Wanachi or something yeah. like that? Yeah, there's some really good teams that you think, okay, I tried out, I got on, now everything's okay. Um, and, and I think what you're, what you're bringing up is a point that, 
you know, you can do all the right things and still have a bumpy ride. Um, and you have to be ready for that bumpy ride. Right. Well, I also, also, I, I kind of wonder if a lot of this isn't about um, the uh, reputation and expectations and expectations not being matched. And again, there's, uh, um, this is just a difference I, I have, I guess, from other people. I, I always wanted to win. I, I just want to, you know, be absolutely clear about that. I'd like to win. I'd like to see my kid win. I'd like to see his teams win. I, I you know, it, there's no, I, I, there's no participation trophy medal mentality in me. I mean, I'm a kid of the sixties and seventies. That's, that's how, you know, every game I played, if we would be down, you know, five goals with three minutes left, I'd be like, we can knuckle down guys. We can get a couple. So I, you know, I, I don't give up and, and it's just not how I feel about it, but it's also, uh, conversely, I also was taught like, Hey, sometimes you're going to lose. It's just, it's the reality of it. And losing a lot of games in a season where you had a team that had a lot of new players and you didn't have stability and blah, blah, you know, I mean, there's plenty of like, I could have, I could have predicted that it was going to be a struggle, but, um, but there's still growth and there's still, you know, it's still something for the individual players. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're just uh, playing, um, struggling uphill and you're going to lose games, but you, you don't give up on it. It's, you remember it's, you the saying I told you, Randy? Sure. That poem, who, Randy has to tell us who wrote the poem, but the poem that someone told my son when he was going through battles, they said, what was it? Calm seas, never a great sailor made. I believe that was a president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, I'll have to check. Uh, Raleigh, wow. you can do a fact check on us there, but I do not believe that was a poet. I believe that was a president. Yeah, but he's right. You know, if you don't go through adversity, you don't know how to overcome adversity. And uh, but the other thing, too, I was going to interject there was that um, from my own personal experience over these years, the most turbulent seasons we've ever been involved in always had the same common denominator, which was over involvement of the parents. Oh, Parents that are getting too involved, too have too much, too many opinions. That's where all the turbulence is, you know. And that's why that my, doesn't sound like it with Raleigh's. It sounds like the coach. It was, honestly, it sounds like the coach. Well, we don't, we don't know. I mean, we don't know what led to him quitting. I, I mean, I don't have the inside, okay, inside information. Okay, no, I, I was just saying because Lance was drawing a right. conclusion that that the parents are usually the, the propagators. Well, it sounded like your story was more about the coach being well, well, well the, for sure. But I mean, if they're going to have a vote. And yeah, but look they, at Dave. Dave, I got to tell you, I want to remind Randy. Go ahead. We we've been through two coach. Randy and I were together for I think at least two coaches stepping down slash quitting. There were votes of the parents, and so when the coach stepped down, he stepped down about thirty inches from the pitchfork that the parents had <laughs> that we were about right. to stick in his back. That's true. Right. That's true. That, that coach did step down under under some scrutiny. Scrutiny, okay. I would call it. scrutiny from the parents. Yes, you're right. Um, if you don't mind, I, I what something you said, Raleigh, makes me want to take tryouts to a, a little different because you were saying um, yeah. you were saying that um, that the tryouts, you don't have that many options. I, um, I'd say some people don't. Right, right. No, no, I, I was picking up on that. Yeah. Um, I think the few fewer grudges you have against programs in your in your vicinity, uh, the better you are, because he's absolutely right. Sometimes you feel like you only have one or two places to go because I'm never going to play for the goddamn Willowbrook Wonders ever again, no matter what. The Willowbrook Wonders could come in here and beg my child to play for them, and I wouldn't play for that team ever again. Right you got to have a short men memory. I mean, the Willowbrook wonders, you know, maybe they're pretty good this year. Maybe, maybe you could, uh, maybe you could hold your nose and, and play. Uh, when it comes to your kid trying out, remember it's more about him than it is about you and your ego. So if you have a grudge and you can put it in your pocket and say, Oh, you know, this year you could play for coach Johnny, who I thought was an idiot last year, but you know, <laughs> He's okay, I guess. I think uh, um, uh, just to open up your options for tryouts, I, I would try uh, as a parent, to, if I could go back, uh, to limit the amount. Because I mean, and we didn't have that many grudges against uh, 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 programs. Um, uh, but 
I do remember there were people uh, constantly. There were people who said, "I'm never going to play for X." Did you? Did do you, you remember Randy? The family. I was. I was just yeah. thinking of the one particular family who who basically played for every team in Southern California, and then finally he woke up one day and said, "Gee, I don't know if there's any options for us anymore." Oh yeah. Well, that family, as I recall, uh, uh, was just was burn bridge was part bridge, of the problem. Bridge, That's right. Bridge. They had grudge after grudge after grudge. Um, uh, and yeah, and that limits your options. And if you don't have many options to begin with, Raleigh, uh, I, I think that is a uh, good uh, piece of advice for uh, for people who feel like um, um, the walls are closing in on them a little bit around tryouts. Try to open up, you know, get an open plan going. Uh, oh, oh yeah, we could go to the thing and go to that team, even though that team isn't as prestigious. Uh, and the last time we were there, I, I, I wanted to jump off a bridge and and because everyone was so mean and nasty <laughs> yeah but you know every once in a while you know, the, the, it, yeah no I, I mean there's things that can rub you wrong and uh and you and you go well you know this rubs me wrong so i'm leaving this club and then um you, you don't want to be the type of person that that leaves on the way out and like you said uh scorch earths the uh the thing uh and lets everybody know you know i'm leaving this club because uh, i don't tell you what you suck <laughs> well, you know what, though, too, you, you know, I encourage parents, I mean, like I said, A, do your homework, number one, and B, you know, form your own opinions, because I've played for many, a we've, not me, but my children have played for many a coach where, where people in the process of trying to do my homework told me, don't play, that guy is an idiot, doesn't know what he's talking about, he don't care about your kid, and they turned out to be the one of the best coaches uh, my kid ever had and then also too you know as a tip of my hat to that old king's team but before we joined and i remember telling parents about before we joined that king's team that was so highly coveted at the time we were told by numerous sources unsolicited advice to me that don't go play there those parents are arrogant they're full of themselves they're nasty human beings do not go there. Well, that was all true, though, correct? No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That team, those parents were the nicest people I've ever met. Nah, nah, ever. I don't buy that. You're talking about a Kings AAA team? No. They were, that's not possible. They are the salty. And you know what? Salt of the earth. Hey. Salt of the earth making uh, two, 250 uh, uh, before after taxes is what they are. Salt of the hey, earth hey, making hey. 250 after taxes. I'll never forget the one dad. If I Who knows? Hopefully he's listening. But I'll never forget. We're brand new to the team. Nobody knows us from Adam. And I remember sitting there the first the Labor Day tournament and saying, oh, man, you're like, I got to drive two hours home. So my kid can take a one hour nap and then drive two hours back. And uh, the dad came up to me, he had never met me before. We just, our kids are on the same team. We had never talked. He said, hey, you know what, here. And he hands me the keys. He goes, I live over in Marina Del Rey. Uh, I, my other son has a game out in Anaheim. Go, go let your kid take a nap. It's five minutes from here. And I was like, that's just like the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. There was another King's uh, dad that also said, gave him the keys to a hotel room, said, I own this hotel right next door. And you can have any room you like that seems to be, all oh, and I also have a jet, a jet that will take you from the parking lot to my next door hotel. There's salt of the earth people, Raleigh, salt of the earth. Now, come Randy's on now. A little That's not here. true. It was not a jet. It was a helicopter. A little so bit. let's, uh, let's get it. Let's not overstate. Yeah. It's a short, uh, that would be a short jet ride. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, let's face it. I, I obviously am just to the point where, and, and the, the Kings are uh, uh, just, if, if, if you are listening to this and you don't know, the Kings are kind of the big uh, franchise near where we live. And so uh, a lot of the higher uh, level talents and a lot of the higher, uh, um, oh, I don't know what you call it, upper echelon people uh, um, collect there. Uh, um, and and they usually uh, have a Chardonnay while they're talking about how great their kid is. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with any of that, by the way. That's part of hockey. Hey, Good I for had them. Mike Zinfandel. I what, didn't have Chardonnay. He didn't have Chardonnay. Let the record be corrected. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it, they, they are also, uh, um, uh, I would say, um, a, a group of people that are, are very appreciative if you are a, a really great player and you're making 
the team better. Um, I have heard just like anything else, uh, it's a very cutthroat uh, business at the top. If you're not that kid, uh, you're not getting the keys to that uh, Marina Del Rey estate. And uh, you might be uh, looked at uh, like Timmy, little Timmy uh, from Lorenzo's story, which is like, you know, why are you on the ice with my kid? You know, I, I, I've seen that side too. Uh, you, you, you didn't see that. As much. I saw that side in Valencia. Remember, I got, oh, yeah. the, I got that email. Yeah, yeah. I had to suffer through your kid all season. <laughs> we got an email once that said, "Now that the dead weight is gone." <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was this person. It was, it was moving on to. We were, we were minorly year people, and then they were moving on to the next year, right? They were moving to Pee Wee. We were in sports, and so she, uh, this person, didn't know uh, that she was talking to the whole team still which was on team right. staff. And you're like, well, now that the dead weight's gone, let's move forward into peewees, guys. <laughs> and we were at the dead weight. We're all sitting there going, are we the dead? Is that the, my kid? You know, <laughs> like, damn it. Anyway, uh, so uh, Coach Ralston, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't ask if you had any uh, bee that's in your bonnet this week. Is there anything uh, you really uh, uh, need to tell the folks uh, out there in the ether? No, um, no. Um, no, I thought we were, I, if, I remember we talked about some topic. I just said that there, if, if a topic came up, but now I don't remember which one it was. Oh, I'm going to do the fan thing about what makes you a bad fan. I was going to do that next episode because I think I'm ready for that. So I'm teasing this. Uh, I, I figured out uh, what makes me a bad fan uh, of hockey. Uh, and, uh, and as a surprise to no one, it's not me. It's not me that makes me a bad fan. No, I, I no, I actually the one the one you we were talking about was uh, maybe it's Lance's thing about about somebody uh, getting uh, yeah. getting a lot of assists. Running to the refs. Oh, oh, yeah. Do no. we have time for that? Yeah, we of do course it we do. No, we can all do right. that. We can do that. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. So Dave, I'll introduce it because I witnessed it again this weekend, which drives me nuts. Is that I started noticing a pattern that there was one kid on the team I was watching. And this guy's just racking up point after point. And half the time, I don't even see him involved in any of the plays. So I started watching him and noticed. So like he's coming down the ice. There's a, there's a rush up the ice, like a three-on-one break. He's way behind the pack, pass, pass, goal. And he's the first guy over to the ref talking to him. And I knew for a fact he was telling the ref, hey, assist me, assist number 15. 15 right. assists, and then sure enough, the pass the goal, and he gets the assist, and he's not even in the zone. Right. And so that's what we were going to talk about, you know, because you said it was a pet peeve of yours. That's a pet peeve of mine because I'm just like, come on, we got to figure out a way that the kids who deserve the points are getting the points, not the kid who runs to the referee first. Well, here's okay. My angle on this is a little different, which is, um, you know, I, I am, uh, I, I've, during the course of these episodes, I think I've come to the defense of referees a number, number of times. However, um, I will say this, uh, it's, it's an important job. It's an important part of the referee job to get points correct. And I, I, I will also say, Hey, it's not the easiest. You're following the play. You don't know, you, you know, you don't have a crystal ball to know at that moment a goal is going to be scored. And sometimes you're just not going to see, you know, kid A passed to kid B who scored, you know, or kid A, B to C or whatever happened, you know. So they do get it wrong, but they get it wrong an awful lot. <clears throat> and um, I've had situations where my kid, like, maybe would have been, you know, won a scoring title on his team. Not that it, you know, mattered. Um, and, you know, Back in the old days, it was like, uh, you know, don't don't grow up for points or anything like that. But when you lost out to kids that got got three to four goals uh, added to their total when they weren't even on your line or on the ice when they when the goals were scored and you, you know, you have the video and you know your kid scored and then you go and the next week and you look at the total and you go, hey, that was great. You know, you had two goals and assist and you see, oh, yeah, yeah, you got one assist and you go, what the hell happened? Um, it's because the refs not, I mean, a lot of them do a great job. I will say some of them don't give a crap about the points about getting it right. And they just get it wrong. And so you almost have to say to your kid, 
hey, if you scored, make sure you go there and talk to them. After you've seen your kid get shorted a bunch of times, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine uh, points by the end of the season. Um, then I can tell you there was one kid on our team. He scored six goals in a game. We were down 5-1. Kid went off. Friggin' everything. Six goals. We beat him eventually 10-9. to nine. Uh, Do you want to know how many goals do you think he got credit for on the score sheet? Two. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I uh, two. Yeah, that's uh, that's my guess, too. Now, he was three. Got 50% of his goals. Yeah. But, I mean, to miss three goals, that's a hat trick that you lost. Now, let me ask I feel awful for the poor kid. Was the poor kid's last name Gifford? No, no kid no. was Armley. Uh, oh. uh, it was uh, – he's a great kid. Uh, um, um, he was on a squirt team with my son. Uh, they were both on the same line. So, my kid got a bunch of assists no matter what, just so you know. And my kid got none of his goals. Because he I think have, I remember what you yeah it was I the other wing that yeah. had a similar number to CJ's, and so he got all of CJ's goals, but my kid got all these assists because you know he was up there with the rush right. and no one recognized whether you know they're oh just give it to one of the forwards okay yeah and so I, we were we were thrilled I think uh, Dare had like seven points that time he had uh, like one goal and six assists uh, unfortunately uh, the the kid who did score six goals yeah. only got credit for half. Well, you well, know, this is, this is where I'll this is where I'll admit my petty side. But um, last last season, I think I no noted that my son played um, high school hockey as well as uh, tier hockey, and um, you know he was the leading scorer of his high school team as a as a sophomore. So uh, the high school hockey in that league was pretty good. Well, the end of the year came and they had the banquet, and he ended up in a three way tie. Why was he in a three-way tie? Because they gave a goal of his to a completely different kid who, again, wasn't even on the ice. And I'm not, you know, I don't blame anybody for it. It, it is what it is, but it's just, it's, I mean, that's just terrible refing. Like you, you, that just shows they don't care. And um, we are unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, in an era now where coaches, as you're looking to go from team to team, I tell you what, the first thing they do is go on to some of these sites where the stats are available and look up your kids' stats. And, um, you know, if your kid's getting um, not, you know, getting the short end of the stick for some of these things, um, it's not good. And I just wish that they would do a better job. Um, well, you know, Raleigh, you know, to that point. But, but I'm, I'm fully admitting on this is petty. And <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was. Raleigh, you deserve any, Ralph, Coach Ralston deserves to be petty every once in a while and not get any crap for it. So. I, I proclaim it's okay to be petty this once. Well, here's why I you're not stay. petty most of the time. 99% of the time, not petty. I think he gets it. But here's why it's not petty. Okay. Because as we've gone through the process, and I have one son who's had a reputation for being a, a goal scorer. And uh, as he was going through the process, I can't tell you how many times uh, people in, I guess, the authoritative positions, whether it be scouts, agents, uh, coaches, D1s, uh, would tell them constantly, it's not about the points. It's about what you bring to the table. Don't worry about points. Not about the points. And then fast forward, as he gets to the higher levels, we've had people flat out look at that same website you're talking about, what is it, the elite hockey prospects, and say, look, you know, I'm yeah, looking at the last couple sure. of years here. you got to show me that you can put points on the board. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Because for the last 10 years, you've been dictating that points don't matter. It's, it's your skill level. Points matter. And, and I've seen D1 scouts say flat out, look, get your average up. You need to be, you want to be, get an offer from our school. You need to be putting up a point a game and we'll talk to you. So don't tell me points don't matter. Getting it right is critical. And the only solution that I could think of, because you think as you get to the higher levels, it's going to get better. It doesn't. It doesn't get better. But I'll tell you, when we played for the Ducks at 16 AAA, I mean, I think the Ducks, that particular coach had the solution. He had a person that was monitoring that, and he wanted to know who was on the ice because he tracked plus minuses. Uh, so he wanted to know who was on the ice, and he had people doing that and people coming up with this is the goal. This is who scored it. This is who assisted. This is who assisted on it. And he would go at the end of every game and sit with the ref because I did the score sheet one time. 
And he walked through with the ref. You got this wrong. You got that wrong. You got that wrong. And he'd make the ref fix it right there based on the notes he was given by people in the stands that he had paid to do that. And I was like, that's perfect. Because that year, the stats were 99% correct because he was auditing it and making sure that it was right before they signed off on the final score sheet. But I, I don't know a lot of people who do that. That's good. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's that. That's very unusual. I've never heard of any, because usually, like that, pretty much. Which year was it? The sixteen year with uh, Coach Kim, and but it was critical for him because he was he's one of those coaches that was awesome about really putting your kids out there, and he wanted to be able to show them, no, this is how they did. This is how many goals they're scoring. This how many assists. So for him, in order to sell his players to the USHL, the NHL and all these different leagues, it was important for him that the stats were right. And he was giving a fair depiction of who this kid is and what he's bringing. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting to hear that he um, used that strategy and that he was able to use it because um, I guess I was always sort of told that like, look, the refs are the arbiters of this. Um, They're, you know, they're independent and they, you know, they assessed who got what and you can't really go and complain about it or argue about it. And yet, um, to your point, the, the people uh, will go back to the, um, the, the team manager. That is one of their um, capabilities and tasks is they can go with the score sheet and say, hey, you know what? This is wrong or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I think we've seen that. I, I think that I, I think, think we've that's, seen it. That's been made <laughs> apparent. <laughs> that, that we've seen it where the code, where maybe there's an agenda. <laughs> up there. Oh yeah, my name, my last name matches the name last name of the person that's getting all these extra points. I didn't even notice that, sir. But yes, please just uh, add that and add that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. But you yeah, know, it's yeah. funny because I've been in the box before, running the the clock for them or doing the score sheet, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've seen before where the coach comes up in front of me and tells the ref like, Hey, this, this is what, how you should have scored this. And the ref just like, looks at us like, whatever, just yeah. change it. I don't care. They, like you said, right. They could care less. Yeah. Whatever. There's no professionalism to some of these uh, p- people and that attitude. It, it's, it's really lame. It, it's a lame attitude. You're getting paid to, you know, uh, try and meet some kind of standard and you want people to respect you. I think that, you know, they should be afforded respect and they shouldn't be getting yelled at and whatever, but there's some refs that are, that are just not very good there and, and they don't care and they have a bad attitude and, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's like any, any profession, I'm sure, but. Well, I, I, I wanted to bring back something guys, uh, because I'd forgotten about it, which is my character of the day. Uh, usually at the end of yes. a podcast, I will play a character and you guys have to kind of guess who I am now. In this case, I've got to set it up a lot, and I, I, I'm sorry this is so involved. I am standing at the glass, and I am watching a hockey game. Now, I'm going to then go on with the narrative from there, uh, and you have to guess who I am. I'm the guy at the glass. Okay. Now, this person comes up to me at the glass and says, uh, Sir, uh, I think your kids uh, broke the uh, vending machine with a stick. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm watching my kid. Watch my kid. Okay, and then another person comes in and says, uh, sorry, sir, are these your kids? Because they just started a fire in the bathroom. And I don't know, they started yelling riot and putting the shoving things in the toilet. Is there a way you can, I'm watching my kid play hockey. Now, am I supposed to guess who you are? Yeah, can anybody guess who I I am? I guess you're probably like 90% of the hockey dads (laughs) that are too invested in the game to care about what's going on. With the other kids. I am the hockey dad that brings three other kids to the game and then lets them loose completely upon the facility and does not look at them until the game is over. Right. Pays no attention to what they might be doing. Pays no, they are ha- they are starting fight. They break things. They're screaming. They're jumping up and down on the thing. They have gotten into the box somehow. Two of them are in the penalty box right now. One of them yeah. has grabbed the announcer's microphone and dad has not moved an inch from behind uh, the uh, the, glass. the glass. That's exactly up on the mezzanine. Um, you know, doing that game where they spit and see if they can hit the people down below. And yes, <laughs> yeah. How many times have you had to deal with somebody else's kids 
like just going freaking nuts, like behind you or beside you. And you're like, is there a parent for any of these? Like it's like a it's, right. like, it's like a thundering horde of yeah, like, they're they're just running, yeah, running, running wild. You know, like pack and like, yeah, you know, they're running up and down the stairs, and you're convinced that one of these kids is gonna take a full header and oh yeah, end up in a wheelchair and <laughs> well, it's like Pamplona, somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's always fun. Okay, well, uh, I don't miss those days. I honestly. Well, let me ask you yeah. before you cut up, Randy. Yeah. Have you ever made this statement? Have you ever had this interaction with your wife? Yeah. Which I've had a few times where I'm watching the game. My wife comes up and it's like, Hey, have you seen little Johnny? I'm like, uh, little Johnny. No. <laughs> I haven't seen him in like two hours. And we have no idea where little Johnny Because <laughs> I'm watching the game. And like you said, you same guy. Same guy. <laughs> yeah, Blanche is that guy. We have been lucky enough. Usually there's like a sister. Because uh, we have, a, we have a, a little girl. And usually there's a sister of one of the players that like like totally like glom on to our daughter. And they'll like go off together and they'll like be like crafting, like, you know, like something. Right. It's all very easy. So we we have not had as much. I'm sure there's been a time where my <laughs> daughter has been somewhere where she's not supposed to be in a hockey game. Uh, but most of the time we've had help from somebody else that's already there. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that's well, also because you had a girl. See, yeah, that's true. The girls are awesome. Less, yeah. This is much better. Well, uh, thank you all for listening in to the Youth Hockey Podcast. Remember, you can always email us. Uh, so far, Lorenz is one of the very few people from Switzerland who have emailed us. I'd like to set a challenge to our listeners. If you're from another country, don't let Lorenz be the only voice on this channel. Get in there. I want to hear from the French. The, he said in his mail, as I recall, so I'm like, the French team, the goddamn French team. French people beat like, us. They Come were on, actually, French. we were losing to a French team, I think, or something like that. Right? I think he was really like, derogatory about the French. I think the French should, should in, write in it. italics, I believe. Youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com. What about Canada? Where are those? They're supposed to be the French Canadian. I think they're just like the French. They're just, they're hiding. Uh, but I, you know, Canada, I don't want to give you guys a bad name because honestly, I'm guessing uh, all of you like have hockey in your blood. You don't need us. You know, they're, they're like, they're like, are you kidding me? Uh, I was born with this hockey knowledge. It was imparted to me by my great, great grandfather. Blood memories. Right. Well, exactly. Isn't a lot of uh, Canada locked down again? Well, let's not, let's not be mean to the Canadians. Let's no, I'm not, not I'm not being mean at all. I, I find it um, uh, just amazing. I mean, I listen, I'm with, I'm with them all in spirit wishing that their kids could get back on the ice because they should be. It's, it's Didn't like their prime minister marry his kindergarten teacher or something like that? Did he? <laughs> what? Well, well was that I, I mean, he's, you know, France. we talked about Trudeau. Or, no, yeah. I mean, didn't he, met, who, who no, married? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, look up the French France? guy, that Macron, then maybe he married his uh, <laughs> Somebody, uh, there, there is some pervert out there in the world who's leading a nation who actually, uh, uh, by the way, next podcast, we'll have this information for you. There will be a French and or Canadian update on marrying uh, uh, your kindergarten well, teacher. If your kindergarten teacher was like on Baywatch or something. Who cares? You don't marry. If you are sitting in a, in a chair that's smaller than like a, a, like a, a milk carton and you're looking up to somebody and then eventually you are putting a ring on it, that is it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Uh, uh, we will see you in episode 22, where we're going to be talking a little bit about what makes me a bad fan. Uh, for everyone here, uh, thank you for listening, uh, and we will get back to you soon. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.